Welcome to Eye on Horror, the official podcast of iHorror.com. This is episode 42, otherwise known as season three, episode six. And I am your host, James J. Edwards. And with me, as always, is your other host, Jacob Davison. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing well. uh, Hanging in there. Uh, Went on a nice walk yesterday and... uh, (gasps) You left your house? Well, I mean, I, you know, I had to get, you know, I had to get some exercise. I hope you were wearing a mask. I was. And I mean, <laughs> like, I wasn't like going on a run or anything. I just walked around the block. And it's pretty, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk in a sec, but I, I, I don't want to leave him hanging. Your other, other host, John Korea is here too. How are you doing, John? Ah, oh, doing great, you know. I also am trying to exercise. Uh, that, I think that's one of the worst things for me besides you know being unemployed as fuck right now uh about this is i just got into a good routine with with going to the gym being comfortable going to the gym feeling good about going to the gym seeing results from the gym and now i can't do anything uh and i got and i got sciatica flaring i sound like an old man now i'm just like i can't go outside got my sciatica my sciatica's acting up you gotta be six feet apart kids you know yelling at kids outside six feet apart Speaking of the six feet apart, it, it's weird because um, I had never noticed in my neighborhood people just walking before this whole thing, before before the government told them not to. Now yeah. I see people walking down the street. People have to like cross the street to avoid other people walking the other way. Some people are walking in the middle of the street because both sidewalks on both sides. I mean, there's so many people out walking now that never were before. So maybe, you know. Maybe people are trying to think of ways to stay in shape because they can't go to a gym. I haven't been able to go to a gym. My gym's been closed. And I and I gotta say, uh, I really hope that some of these things that we're doing right now continue on, not only for health reasons, but I also really like personal space. So I really hope that <laughs> that continues on a, like a, as like a daily thing. Just people just of like keeping that space apart because i like that i don't know I, I don't want people sneezing on me but i also like what was it the uh, italian president said why why is everyone suddenly fucking running marathons like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when did everyone become a marathon runner it's like yeah no I, I, I. they're actually citing people in uh the town that my mom lives in which is a little north of san diego it's called encinitas they the sheriff's department wrote 22 tickets to people who were just at the beach watching the sunset so they're taking it pretty seriously, at least there. Now, I don't know if... Supposedly, these are those $1,000 or six-month-in-jail tickets. Yeah. I would bet that they didn't actually... I, I would bet it was some kind of a warning. Because also, even if they write a $1,000 ticket, if the person wants to fight it, courts aren't in session right now. So it would almost be... How do you get your court date? So I would I would guess that these were more like warnings. If anybody got one of those tickets, let us know if it actually was a legit fine or if it was just one of those stay away because it was real well publicized, like all over the news saying the Encinitas Sheriff's Department gave 22 tickets. So I think that they're using it as a as a high profile, you know, look what we're doing, you know, to keep people away from the freaking beach to watch the sunset, you know? Yeah, it was a big issue like uh, that first week or so of like when they're like, all right, everything shut down. And all of a sudden, like parks in L.A. had the highest turnout in ever of people being there. And it's like that's that's not how this is supposed to work, guys. Like if you're going to go out for a hike in the woods, go to actual woods I, I wouldn't suggest that in la i've done it don't, don't do that guys you're gonna you're gonna run into some some strange folk out there who want who uh want your phone number let me tell you uh yeah 
<laughs> Although actually, it was pretty easy for me yesterday, just walking in the neighborhood. Like I had my mask on That's and everything, fine. and just people were going around me, and uh, like people were avoiding me. So you know, I think uh, the message is pretty clear. Yeah. People are really polite during this whole thing. I went, you know, I, I we ordered takeout from our favorite uh, pizza place last night, and I went to pick it up, and you know, and I had my bandana across my face, and there were you know probably six or eight other people waiting for for pizzas as well and they all had their masks well it was it was probably about 50 50 had masks didn't but everybody was so polite at one point when I was, I was walking back to my car with my pizza and someone who had parked next to me parked really close and it turned out he had backed in and I didn't know he was in the car I just remember thinking shit how am I going to get in my car but he backed in and he parked really close so that his girlfriend on the other side could get out he was there and he rolled his window out. he was hold on let me realign so you can get out you know i mean people are really polite and i don't know if it takes a global pandemic for people to be courteous to each other <laughs> or if people are just realizing hey you know we're all in the same gang right now you know it, it just adds to frustration if you're a dick so you know be nice it is strange what gets people to uh you know kind of be nice you know Okay, we've we've uh, this is eye on horror, not eye on coronavirus of reality. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the eye on quarantine, and we are all still technically, you know, we're under stay at home orders, so there haven't been any. I mean, we don't need to explain to the audience there have been no new movie releases uh, because they're all (laughs) everything's been pushed and theaters are closed. But there's still plenty of stuff to watch at home. What have you guys been watching? Anything good? I I took your recommendation and watched Swallow the other night, and uh, <laughs> what'd you think of Swallow? I, I it was great. It was phenomenally uh, uh, shot. It was a very beautiful looking film. Uh, very well acted. Um, I, I like that actress. She's been in a few things uh, that I've seen that I've liked her, and she had this like really like kind of like blank face for a lot of stuff. Like it, it was very un, un unworldly at times. Sometimes the expressions that she had. But uh, I, that movie made me very confident, and I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. But if I were to become a, a parent, I, that I would handle it pretty well because I found myself going, "No, no, take that out of your mouth, take that out of your mouth right now. No, you don't swallow the battery. No." It is one of those movies. Like she'll be holding, and I think I brought this up last episode. She'll be holding a thumbtack in uh, her hand, no. you know, it, between her fingers, and you're like, "No, no, no, no!" And down the hatch. Oh. Yep. Um, I, although I do have to say all that confidence I got in my parent in future parenting skills, uh, went down the drain after the movie when I, I licked a battery. Cause I was like, yeah, doesn't it, when you lick a battery, it makes it feel weird. <laughs> I like, I was saying that to my face. She's like, that's not true. I'm like, yeah, watch. I did, just did that. And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, yeah. That's how you tell if, if a battery still has charge in it. Yeah. Don't you, you lick it. I <laughs> wouldn't lick a battery. <laughs> uh, Yes. Uh, p- official Ion Horror PSA. Please do not lick batteries. Um, so did I redeem myself recommending Swallow after Hollow Man 2? Yes. You, you, have been, you have been redeemed. Swallow is way better than <laughs> Hollow Man 2. But it doesn't even have Christian Slater. <laughs> One thing that I watched, uh, which is it, Swallow is a good transition to it because it is kind of the opposite of swallow i got a screener for a movie called butt boy <laughs> and butt boy is exactly what you think it is it's about a guy who likes to put stuff up his ass and 
Um, and this, all this happens before the opening credits. So there's, this isn't really giving anything away, but he goes to, uh, to get a prostate exam and he decides he likes it so he starts you know it starts with a bar of soap and then the tv remote and next thing you know the camera kind of focuses in on their little uh they have a little poofy dog and then the wife is like where's the dog you know? <laughs> and yes oh, it really it's funny because you're watching and it turns into kind of this hard-boiled detective drama you know about you know I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it turns into this hardboiled detective drama. And the thing is, the movie goes exactly where you know it's going. It's like you you know you're like, okay, everything that's happening is this guy putting stuff up his butt. And then you're thinking, no, that can't be. That can't be. And then as it goes on, you're like, oh, no, it is. You know, and at the risk of, you know, I just said I didn't want to spoil anything, but I'm going to spoil it. Everything is up his butt. And it is. And it doesn't come out. You have to watch the movie to see that how it resolves itself, but um, but yeah, this he's he's I've I've heard it referred to as kind of a superhero movie with where the guy's got this weird the superpowers putting things of weird sizes up his butt, um, and that's not an inaccurate although he's not a hero he'd be more of a super villain but anyway oh, but boy and it um I believe it releases maybe. In a couple weeks on VOD, like maybe the 10th or the 14th or something like that, um, it'll be out uh, on VOD. And that's Butt Boy. And uh, be careful with it. I mean, you will not see another movie like Butt Boy this year. So it's got that going for And the score is incredible. It, the score was written by the guy who wrote and directed it, which his name is escaping me right now. Um, but it's a guy, it's, it's kind of like an auteur's thing where, you know, the, and he actually plays, um, the writer, director, and guy who did the score also plays the main butt boy guy. So it is, you know, it's, I mean, it's a step above the room, but it is one of those singular vision things. Yeah. I believe the technical term uh, for putting stuff up your butt to like hold on to for later is called prison wallet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. This guy, it's 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 a prison bank vault. I mean, this, <laughs> oh. yeah, just oh, j- just just see butt boy, butt boy. It, it is. I mean, it's it's a pretty well made movie. But it's just one of those you're watching. It, you're going, did they really make this? You keep expecting it to not yeah. be what it is. But it is exactly what you think it is going in. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Damn. Um, as for me, something I wanted to bring up uh, in my view or in my uh, movie watching and uh, the time of the coronavirus is uh, there have been a lot of uh, live watch movies lately with uh, film directors, actors, writers. So I've actually seen a lot of movies online with uh, the casting creators involved uh, watching with. So, for example, like I watched a bunch of uh, the Netflix Mystery Science Theater movies, including Mac and Me and Cry Wilderness with like Jonah Ray and uh, some of the a- other actors uh, watching too. And uh, there was a Birds of Prey live watch with uh director kathy yan and uh and some of the cast adam green has been doing basically his whole filmography on the aeriscope youtube channel with yeah i was gonna say i uh, watched uh digging digging up the marrow and uh some episodes of halston he's pretty much doing everything i mean I, i i i don't know if he's announced you know the whole slate because i don't know if he thought it would last this long but he's going for broke i think he's gonna end up 
showing everything that he's <laughs> ever done. Yeah, we watched uh, Frozen with him the other day. Yeah, he's nice. always super cool to his fans. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's there for, for the fans, so it doesn't surprise me that he pulls something like that out of his hat. Oh, yeah, he's very yeah. welcoming. And uh, most recently, and also a new movie I saw, uh, was the latest Into the Dark, uh, you know, the Blumhouse monthly series of movies on Hulu, and uh, it's called Puka Lives, because uh, uh, if you've kept up with... Uh, into the dark they'd had a an episode for christmas last year with this evil kind of doll called puka so this is kind of a sequel although that was more psychological horror and this is straight up more of a straight up uh monster movie because it has uh like jonah ray and felicia day oh yeah and will ween was in it and uh yeah, basically, it's this group of friends, and one of them uh, works for the company that's making Puka again. And and like, there's this whole thing where like the creator killed her, killed her husband, then herself, then set her on fire. And they get drunk and smoke weed and decide to make a fake creepy pasta about Puka. But the more it spreads around, the more it comes to life, and it's kind of kind of turns into like a Nightmare on Elm Street type of thing. And it is so much fun. Like it was, it's probably one of the best horror comedies I've seen this year. Does it have to do, is it like an April Fool's or an Easter one? Don't those all have to do with holidays? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they were. Kind of, it's kind of vague on the holiday, but I think it's kind of an April Fool's thing because it involves pranks and, uh, you know, like uh, fake, you know, fake stories and stuff. So it's probably on that. Yeah. So we got to watch it live with uh, cast and crew. It was, it was a live tweet thing. And then afterward, Felicia Day uh, uh, hosted a uh, Twitch stream Q&A. So it is kind of funny, you know, like we can't go to the movies, but at the same time, you know, just the uh, communities, especially in horror, you know, been trying to keep up the connection and, you know, trying to keep... Keep the flame burning. Yeah, exactly. Keeping the flame burning with the fans, with viewers. So it, it is an interesting dynamic, uh, especially at this time. Well, and also, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, these filmmakers, they're stuck at home, too. Yep, exactly. So, you know, it just, you know, you could say, oh, they're doing this for the fans, but they might be doing it to keep themselves sane, too. You know, they might be just thinking, hey, this is a good opportunity to, you know, to connect with the fans and, you know, keep myself sane too <laughs> yeah well i didn't mean specifically for the fans i was just meaning you know in the sense that keeping everybody still connected yeah. oh, okay yeah I... because you know this time of social distancing you know at least we have the internet to stay in touch as we are well oh, they yeah. they i is it netflix that has had party watch mode where you yes can, i've actually been doing a couple of those yeah. Yeah, it's like basically you watch a Netflix thing and you have a little chat screen. Like uh, just the other day, I watched uh, Girl on the Third Floor and Tremors back to back with some friends of mine. Good nice. times. I went to my first um, virtual happy hour on Thursday. Some the, the guys that I work with were like, hey, let's do a virtual happy hour. And I don't drive and drank in eight years, but uh, everybody, we got together and, you know, they were all, we, we had to show what we were drinking. I held up my can of Monster and we all just kind of bullshitted. <laughs> Didn't talk about work. Nice. <laughs> you know, and uh, of course, the topic of horror movies came up because I was in the room. So we all started, you know, but, you know, we also talked about, you know, basically, basically it was, it was a regular happy hour, whatever oh, yeah. we would have talked at a normal happy hour. I don't know about you guys, but I've been using this as an opportunity to catch up on movies that have been on my list for years. So like, 
Uh, won't go into too much details about it because I'm just going to, you know, fire off a few. So, rewatched Green Room the other day because, of course, you nice. know, it's an excellent movie. And I remembered that I'd never watched Blue Ruin. And holy crap, Ooh. that was an awesome movie. That was phenomenal. Um, it's one of the more unique uh, revenge films I've seen. Uh, that Yeah, I still got to see it. Uh, it's on Netflix. Totally blew oh, it away. Uh, Blue Ruin and Green Room both are. Yep. Cool. And then uh, finally watched Mom and Dad, Nick Cage, Selma Ooh, Blair. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. movie. That was a fun I knew nothing about that movie going into it, and I had a lot of fun with it, especially... Yeah. I, I this and it's a little spoilery, but the film's been out for a while. But to, but like you get into the third act when the shit really has hit the fan, and all of a sudden Lance Henriksen just comes in like a fucking bulldozer, <laughs> yeah. doesn't utter a goddamn word, just comes in and just starts fucking up Nick Cage, and Nick Cage is trying to kill his kid, and Lance Henriksen's trying to kill him, and Nick Cage is just barking the entire time it was just <laughs> yeah that that was a that was a real fun one um and then uh also dead end drive-in which nice uh Ozploitation, all i have to say about that film is it was not what i was expecting and but i still had a lot of fun with it uh finally watched uh and then finally i, I finally watched uh saint bernard uh, last oh, night, yeah. interesting. that was it, sur- surreal films, uh, a real hit or miss with me. Uh, but I really loved that one. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, very slow paced, but God, the detention of detail and all of it and like how they were able to pull that off with the budget they had is pretty incredible. Um, but another, but the other one, I, I double featured that with Ouija origin of evil, which two <laughs> totally different movies and, uh, never saw the first Ouija, but I had to watch the prequel because Mike Flanagan directed it. It was like his the one he did after Oculus. And holy crap, I did not realize, like, because I figured, oh, no, they just did one. And they're like, oh, this happened 50 years later. And there wasn't much of a connection to the first movie. But afterwards, I watched the trailer for the first one. And all of it was there. It was basically like Flanagan was like, OK, so you have some cool elements in this movie. I'm going to take those and actually make a good movie with it. <laughs> it was very effective. You can see a lot of like what Flanagan does a lot now uh, in that movie. Very great character development, strong characters, you know, strong family unit, you know, development there. And then just like the ghosts in the background, like Mike Flanagan is a master of hiding ghosts in the background. So good at it. He's so good. And there's like the ghost design with uh, Doug Jones as uh, as the main ghost was freaking awesome. Uh, I I had way too much fun with Ouija Origin of Evil. It is uh, definitely my favorite of the Hasbro Cinematic Universe movies. (laughs) Hasbro Cinematic Universe. Uh, I kind of did a similar thing as you and I, 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 kind of have been filling in stuff that I've missed. And I found yeah. on my DVR last week, Psycho Granny. Have you guys seen Ooh. Psycho Granny? Psycho Granny. It's a Lifetime Entertainment movie. It was actually directed by, by, by Rebecca, Rebecca McKendry. and Dave McKendry. Yeah. Um, okay. And it is, um, it basically is exactly what it sounds. It is a Lifetime movie about this woman who is a Psycho Granny. She... <laughs> She's not really the granny. She goes and pretends to be, you know, something she isn't to torment families. But it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lifetime proto right. slasher kind of a thing. But it's, it was kind of fun. And then I also got to forty-seven meters down, uncaged. Ooh, yes, which, uncaged. Uh, that one was. It's one of those movies where you don't breathe yourself. It's like, yeah. These, what it is is it, it, 
it's everything is kind of multiplied because instead of two girls in one cage, it is four girls and they're in like this flooded city. But they're still like, you know, when they're running out of air, you're just, you find yourself holding your breath along with them. It's I don't think it's as good as the first one, but it is it's still I mean, if you like sharks, the, the sharks are pretty cool yeah. oh because they're yeah you like, gotta talk about the sharks because they're like it's like the descent they're like albino like blind yeah. horrifying monster sharks yeah because they've never seen light so they don't need you know they they, they there's no pigment to them yeah yeah the sharks are the sharks are crazy as well but also and this one because i promised you i would because i put you through hollow man too mm-hmm. i watched fuzz bucket yeah on disney plus now Fuzz oh right right the mcgarris movie (laughs) yes yeah it's not it's not a movie it's an episode of uh wonderful world of disney that um (laughs) you know aired on sunday nights you know because because it's only 45 minutes long so that would have been an hour and it is the first half of this movie fuzz buckets invisible and it reminded me of memoirs of an invisible man because when they finally get the potion to make him not visible he drinks it and then the green stuff goes down his throat into his stomach and you see all this happening it's pretty it's pretty crazy but it's um it's something else it's it's not really i mean i could see if you're surfing through disney plus and you um and you come across you know if you're looking for horror adjacent stuff on disney plus it fits the bill because there's like this little monster and this kid but it re- john landis executive produced it and i'm surprised joe dante didn't have anything to do with it because it's kind of gremlins at times but um, to, to, to give you an idea of, of what kind of movie it is, um, when it ended and it was giving me a suggestion of what it was, what was going to play next if I didn't back out of it, the next thing to come up was going to be Mr. Boogity. Ah. So it's that kind of a thing. It's like a kid's, you know, it's like horror light, although it's not that horrific. But um, the creature design is yeah. pretty creepy. Uh, yeah. On Fuzz Bucket. <laughs> he, looked, uh, he looked like Chaka from uh, Land of the Lost. Shave, uh, shave Chaka. <laughs> shave Chaka. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he, he was pretty hairy. His face was uh, his face was bald, I guess. But yeah, he uh, he looked kind of like a rat, like one of the it's rodents certain. of unusual size, kind of maybe. But yeah. Anyway, Fuzz Bucket on Disney Plus. <laughs> um, as for me, I've also uh, been trying to watch stuff uh, I'd never seen before, uh, and uh, between the sales of uh, Severin Films and Vinegar Syndrome in these trying times, I got some cool stuff. Like uh, from Vinegar Syndrome, I got this new movie. F- well, uh, this new release from them called Deadline. It's like this Canadian kind of meta horror movie with like a bit of The Shining to it. It's like about this horror author who gets a bunch of his stuff made into horror movies, but because he's so obsessed with his job of writing about horror movies, his family is falling into dysfunction. And I also got Christmas Evil, mainly uh, for the uh, commentary with uh, the great John Waters. It's his favorite Christmas movie. So that's pretty cool. And and, uh, something I was really excited about was I got the shot on video, the first shot on video horror movie, uh, Sledgehammer from Severn Films. uh, Which it's like a real bonkers lo-fi slash slasher or in this case a smasher because the killer is kind of this weird <laughs> ghost guy who looks sledgehammer yeah yeah i hey. see what you did there <laughs> hey. but yeah yeah it's like this dude with like this weird kind of like one of those transparent masks but he looks like eric wareheim from tim and eric and uh want to transition to uh i think another kind of big subject for this episode um uh, 
I was watching a bunch of Stuart Gordon movies because sadly uh, he passed yeah. away last week. Uh, one of the greats he has missed. And yeah, you know, just uh, I'd seen a lot of his movies, but I had a couple of uh, blank spots in there. So uh, I watched uh, the last movie he directed, uh, Stuck, which is very oh interesting. Yeah. Have you guys seen it? Oh, I, I have. Stuck yeah. is it, it's basically thanks for the ride, lady. But um, but it's true. It's a yeah, true it's based story. Based off a true story. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think I watched it on uh, Tubi. So you know, it was free to watch. I think it's also on IMDb TV. So y- you can find Stuck free. Stuck is, it's um, it's basically the story of you've probably heard the urban legend: a woman, a drunk woman, hits a homeless guy, and he he ends up stuck in her windshield but instead because she's drunk she doesn't want to you know go to jail so she takes him home and parks the car in her garage with this dude you know and he's not dead he's alive but he's stuck in her windshield and then she just goes to bed and (laughs) this dying homeless dude is in her garage oh yeah although it's such a great movie like i can't believe i hadn't seen it before because like Gordon makes it into such a tense drama and kind of a and a, a real commentary on uh, you know human you know empathy and the human condition because you know it's like this homeless dude is just like uh, spat on by people and like he's trying to get uh, you know like uh, care and like he's thrown out of his apartment and like nobody gives a shit about him and then this happens to him and like nobody even gives a shit that he's like stuck halfway for a windshield and dying so it's really dark but it is really brilliant and it kind of has a misery vibe to it because like uh the woman's a, a nurse bit. and she yeah. and she is just uh a sociopathic monster like she does not care if uh, that dude dies in his windshield because also like she's up for promotion so uh, that was uh, a Gordon title. I was really glad to catch up with, uh, and the other one being uh, Gordon's "The Pit and the Pendulum," the uh, yeah. Poe adaptation. With uh, bringing it back, Lance Henriksen. Hell yeah, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it, and it was a full moon title, so that's also on Tubi or like the full moon uh, streaming service stuff. But yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's a adaptation of the Poe story. But, uh, you know, like, Gorin makes it really dark, and there's a lot of gore and a lot of dark comedy. And, oh, and, yeah, he's got some of his regulars in there. Like, Jeffrey Combs is in it as a uh, uh, inquisitor uh, scholar. Oh, yeah, and uh, Lance Henriksen plays uh, the Grand Inquisitor, Torquemada, who's, like, this pain and punishment-obsessed, like, fanatic. And, yeah, there's a lot of torture, a lot of... Uh, brutality it's it's a hell of a ride like i i really enjoyed it yeah i finally uh brought myself to watch dagon um nice when it came to you know because uh it what was it i i watched reanimator that night when i found out because it was around midnight and so i stayed up yeah. and watched reanimator again uh dagon was man you really wanted Jeffrey Combs as that lead, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny story yeah. is, is that after From Beyond, he was going to make uh, Shadow of Innsmouth, the Lovecraft story, and he was going to film it in New England with like Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs and his usual crew, but uh, the funding fell through, so they had, he had to shelve the project for like another 12 or 15 years, and by that time, you know, uh, they had to shoot it in Spain and uh, couldn't get, you know, his regulars, so, Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's a fun one, especially once they start to really get into uh you once you get over like the cheesy nineties effects and some of the some of that acting and you get into like the actual town of where yeah. where the Dagons are and stuff, it, it becomes in, in it becomes Boca. a lot of fun. In Boca. Uh, Which uh Spanish for in the mouth. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, also uh dolls. Always uh Ooh. dolls was always one of those ones that uh, it took forever for me to watch because I was like, oh, this just kind of seems like it's going to be a Chucky ripoff. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely one of the more full moony type of uh, movies, you know, that kind of like tone and stuff that Gordon made. But it was it was a it was like a high quality full moon movie. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, let's move on to our to our topic, which is kind of timely. We thought about doing contagion movies you know like disease and stuff but that's a little too close to home and also i think everybody else is doing it but to get in the spirit of our stay at home quarantine social distancing social distancing uh that's going on right now to, to get in the spirit we're going to do uh how do you put it korea uh, st- uh stay at home movies uh single oh. space movies confined movies how were you putting it uh, i think i was saying a uh, single location uh is is was it's it's like the premise of it but then we wanted to go a little past that cuz there's so many movies where they take place in one place and it's usually like a siege movie you know yeah, like yeah. Uh, but we didn't want to talk about siege movies cuz that seems a bit too easy we wanted to talk about like people who are trapped inside and those films predominantly take place in one location siege movies also are not the point to what is going on right now you know nobody is trying to break into your house you know there's no night of the living dead assault on precinct 13 going on right now you're stuck inside because of something that's outside so basically stuck inside movies is what we're doing i mean don't get me wrong if you look out i i know when i look out the window it looks like there's a bunch of really lame purgers out there right now but (laughs) that's that's just because i live in la and everyone has bandanas now (laughs) yep i think the movie for me at least that just typifies what's going on in the world today is 10 cloverfield lane because this one you've got um and they don't know what's going on outside all they know is they're locked in this basement and you know there's three people and John Goodman, I know, every, I wish I had John Goodman's stash of toilet paper, paper towels, and dry goods <laughs> yeah. right now. You know, he's right. got this fully stocked basement that he's, you know, he has let two other people in. Um, and there's board games, there's, you know, records, you know, it's not super entertainment system, but, you know, it, there's stuff to do. There's puzzles. Got a jukebox. Yeah, there's a, yeah, so um, that kind of a, you know, that it, and... You know, once they do, you know, spoiler alert for a movie that's however many years old, once they do get outside, um, you realize it's not, um, at first they think that it might be like a contagion thing, but it's something more than that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's way past just a plague, but, uh, that's getting ahead of herself. So, but what are some of your guys' favorite? I mean, what, what we're going through right now, what relates Jacob? Uh, for me, it would be uh cube cube. Okay. Yeah, if it like you know, that's as uh, single location as you can get. I mean, not not exactly the same, but um, yeah, you know, it's just because uh, it's a it's a single location, but it's also a maze because you know they have to go to room to room. And uh, on a personal level, uh, Cube is really scary to me because you have to use math to survive, <laughs> and I suck at math. 
But well, so did most of them. Wasn't there only one of them that could uh, do it? There was, a, there was actually a couple. There was a couple okay. that were kind of figuring it out. And also just... And also the kind of existential nature of the cube, because, uh, you know, they talk about at one point, it's like, oh, who built this? Why would they put us here? And, you know, it's like, and uh, like one of the characters, like a programmer brings up, you know, there, you know, just that there is no master plan. There is no grand conspiracy, you know, just at the end of the day, like the people on top in businesses and government just want to make a lot of money and have a big boat or a big house like anybody else and the reason stuff like this happens is either you know just because of pure apathy or laziness or just shit shit happens you know I love that they talk about the you know just like like the cube was built and it was enacted just because it just happened they just can <laughs> yeah yeah what about you korea oh man you know it's it's good you know this one i i always will recommend pontypool just because i absolutely love that film but i always feel bad for recommending it because it is a bit tough to find it uh except on dvd um it is available on itunes to rent or buy uh but it's not really on any other streaming services but pontypool is fantastic i mean it's all about this uh radio dj who's in his uh station while this uh virus that spread through words is going on outside and i would say that's probably one of the more very timely as well it's not only one single location it's just at this recording studio but it's all happening in real time for him so he's you know getting information when he can he's trying to keep calm and all this stuff and all that's going on plus it's just such an incredible idea of of, of a virus you know something that spreads through words so people will be talking normal then all of a sudden it's almost like they're having a stroke and you're like, oh, shit, they're not saying their words right. Fuck, that guy's infected. Like, it's really effective, uh, really awesome. I, I, that one really needs a good special edition Blu-ray out soon. Arrow, <laughs> Scream Factory, please put it out. What about the, the movies where they're stuck because of weather? Like, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about The Hateful Eight again, which, you know, if you don't think it's a horror movie, watch the last half hour. Um, <laughs> that's another one where, like... It, it, everybody is basically stuck there there's a blizzard they can't even get to the outhouse without following uh, a rope that they've laid out you know to get them there so that's another one where um you're it, it's not necessarily a plague but you know who, no one wants to go out in that you know <laughs> so and and the cabin fever you know sets in but i mean it doesn't help that you know half of them are not who they say they are Right. But yeah, the cabin fever sets in and the paranoia sets in and then the, you know, the mistrust and then, you know, one uh, pot of poison coffee and uh, shit hits the fan. Yep. Uh, yeah. Because like the big factor is, yeah, the uh, paranoia between the occupants. Which is also the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also weather. <laughs> I love that the Hateful Eight actually use cues from the thing uh, that uh, Morricone, the uh, composer, didn't use in the original movie. And yeah. it's also got Kurt Russell. There's a lot going on between those two movies. Oh yeah, but, you know, yeah. I think I think Tarantino is a is a The Thing fan. Oh, massively. In fact, he did a double feature, The Thing and The Hateful Eight, when they were doing all those screenings uh, back when it came out. Wow, that's a bring a jacket to that screening. Just <laughs> watching, you know, <laughs> just talk about those two movies is making me cold. <laughs> yeah, but. I, you also got to hand it to uh, Tarantino's ego when someone asked him, what is what did, what films did you get inspired for for this one? And he was like, oh, you know, Tales from the Crypt, uh, The Thing, and uh, Reservoir Dogs. And it's like, you were inspired by your own movie for this? Whoa. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, the fact that he uses the same, like, six actors tells you that he's inspired by himself. Yeah, he's got an ensemble. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And and I understand it. You know, he he likes working with Samuel Jackson. He likes working with Tim Roth. He likes working with Michael Madsen. I mean, if you find guys that you work well with, and he does work well with them, you know. Why wouldn't you? It's a lot of time to make a movie. You you definitely want to have people you want to work with with them. I wonder if when when QT goes to make a movie, does he actually call Samuel L. Jackson's agent or does he just call Samuel L. Jackson and go, hey. He just probably calls Samuel Jackson. I would think so too. I think, and same with Tim Roth. I think, you know, it, it's probably that kind of relationship where he just, he doesn't even go through the agent. He says, tell your agent there's a new QT movie. And, and granted, QT's got that kind of clout. He can, you know, he can make demands like that. True, <laughs> true. And I'm pretty sure Michael Madsen is just chilling on his couch anyway. So he's just ready to go <laughs> at any moment, you know? Uh, now, uh, I, another single, uh, set location, uh, that I thought was very well done was, uh, Buried. Have you guys seen that with Ryan Reynolds? Oh my Reynolds? gosh, yeah. Oh, I, I heard about that. I didn't see it. That is one of the ultimates because the entire movie, Ryan Reynolds is a, uh, reporter in like the Middle East and he gets buried in a coffin and he's he only has like a lighter a glow stick and a cell phone or something like that and the entire movie is him trying to figure out how the hell did he get there and how the hell to get out and that is like it of course it's claustrophobic as shit because it's all takes place in this like coffin underground but they do very well with working within that space to not just have it be you know a two-hour cut of you know, the bride trying to escape and kill Bill volume two, you know, and it's really well done. And it's also one of the earlier examples of Ryan Reynolds not doing comedy. And he really does a good job of selling it. Buried hit the festival circuit the same year as Frozen, Adam Green's Frozen, which um, Frozen is kind of the same concept. It's just it's not an enclosed room, but you got three people trapped on a ski lift. Right. And I remember uh, Adam Green was talking about how, oh, you know, we have this contained horror going on with, with Frozen. It's going to blow people away. Buried was hitting the same festivals. He's like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Both are fantastic movies, though. Highly oh, recommend no. both. I love Frozen. I love Fro- oh, yeah, Frozen. Frozen's probably my favorite great. Adam Green joint. But Buried is phenomenal. I might actually watch that one today. Uh, it's, <laughs> been a, it's been a minute. It's very Hitchcocky in a lot of it. Um, oh, and, uh, Sort of related, uh, wanted, I wanted to bring up this other uh, thing-related action horror movie, um, Joe Lynch's Mayhem. Yes. Which, uh, you know, has Stephen Wynn and uh, Samara Weaving in this law office that gets afflicted with this kind of rage virus type thing that causes your uh, inhibitions to go down so everybody goes nuts. And also, uh, because of the very same law office winning a case, if you commit murder or commit crimes while under the effects of the virus, then you can't be held liable. So they decide they're going to kill the asshole heads of the company that's screw both of them over and shit gets crazy the cool thing about the virus in the movie is it causes one of your eyes to go like blood red yeah yeah and so that's how you can kind of tell like there's people they'll be like talking normal and all of a sudden their tone gets more and more aggressive and you just look at your eye and you're like oh shit's about to go down (laughs) and so like the entire movie like oh man that that movie made me fall in love with Samara Weaving. Like I'm a forever oh, fan yeah. of hers, mm-hmm. just because of Mayhem and Ready or Not. She is. Uh, it, it's the only reason why I watch The Babysitter. Sorry, I, I don't like G. <laughs> I also have that note. What would make a great double feature with that is another single location uh, movie that Joe Lynch did, Everly. Everly, yeah. 
with Selma Hayek. Yeah, Selma Hayek, which again, you know, is kind of a blend of action and horror. And it's definitely got some horror lean in there. Cause, okay, so it's basically about this woman, Everly Selma Hayek, who uh, was who was married to uh, this Yakuza mob boss or was with this Yakuza mob boss and she betrayed him so that she could try and get her family away from the Yakuza but uh, and she's stuck in this apartment but she manages to uh, kind of hold herself in so she's got to fight like this wave of assassins and killers and wackos that are being sent her way and she's got some weapons and uh, she makes do with her surroundings uh, so yeah between Mayhem and Everly like it would make a great claustrophobic single location double feature we touched on before with when we were talking about Stuck but um, Misery is another one yeah um, because Misery, the uh, the James Con character, he's he's double screwed because it's not only is he snowed in, so he can't go anywhere, but he's also recovering from this car accident. And then when he does recover from the car accident, you know everybody knows the scene. Uh, yeah. Misery uh, makes sure that he still can't run away. <laughs> yeah. And Wilkes, it's a cockadoody great time. <laughs> <laughs> Now there there are two that I was uh, recently uh, reminded of um, that I think are well worth mentioning. Well, I, I guess technically three. Um, first, I want to mention "Wait Until Dark." Um, do you guys remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know that one. 1967, Audrey Hepburn and Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin is the best villain ever Dude, in that he's movie. But not basically the premise of the movie is this blind woman, right? She's in her apartment, and the whole film takes place in her apartment. It's based on a play, so that's yeah. where the single scene location just really shines. Oh yeah, and it works really well because um, it ends up she has she ends up getting something in her like I think it's like a stash of drugs in her apartment or something. So then Alan Arkin's character is like trying to get this from her, and it was one of those movies. It's not only phenomenally made, but it had a nice gimmick in it in theaters where. They told theaters to purposely like turn off, turn down the lights even more in the theater. And then there's one scene. There, there's one scene where um, Audrey Hepburn's character starts smashing all the light bulbs because she's blind. So yeah. the people who are trying to get the drugs, she's basically even in the the she's even in the playing field. And that's when the instructions of the theaters were during this part: turn everything off except the exit lights. Yeah. Um, because there is one light bulb that she forgets about that Alan Arkin is able to find. Um, so it it makes sense that you know you don't turn them all off because there is one in the movie. And it works still so well, yeah, especially if so you're well. watching in a dark room, because all of a sudden the entire screen goes dark and it's just the audio going. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I just remembered also the flip side of this, of course, is don't breathe, where it's the opposite. Yeah. Where the blind man becomes <laughs> the, the force to be the reckoned hunter. with, which is also a great single location uh, film. But uh, another one I wanted to mention was Funny Games, you know, because there's the 19, um, uh, the 97 one and then the 2007 remake, which are essentially the same movie. But uh, I always go with the original just because uh, I, I, I still I still love the 2007. It's shot for shot. The remake has Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. I, and Michael Pitt. Yeah. And Michael Pitt. Yeah. I kind of like the casting better in the American one. It's the same director, isn't it? Yeah. He, he shot for shot. Same music. Same. <laughs> I think it was. I think he said uh, they basically did it because they wanted uh, the because it's all about like these rich people being like trapped in their house by these two young men. It's a home invasion movie, basically. Yeah, but the, but like uh, just like what they do and how they talk, like just yeah. the scene where it's like, oh, can I borrow an egg? 
Oh, can I yeah. have two eggs? Why can't I have three eggs? You, yeah. you know, they just, just like a lot with the wordplay that just really messes with. And then, of course, you start getting towards like the end and it's like, uh, it's just a very uncomfortable movie. Both of them. I think uh, I think it's on the Criterion channel, of course, if you looking to stream it. The original one, there was a um, there was a Criterion of, of it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I think that the remake may be on Vudu with ads. I know one of them is. I would imagine yeah. it would be the Tim Roth Naomi Watts one because that's what Vudu does. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> so if you so you know you could watch either. Oh yeah. Speaking of uh or back on kind of environmental lockdown. Uh uh, I should bring up Crawl. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can't forget about Crawl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the composers here like just a couple weeks ago, but yeah, uh, like that one's a that one's great because you know it's twofold. You got a massive hurricane and a bunch of fucking gators. So, you know, like, and she's trapped in the crawl space with her injured dad. So, you know, it just kind of adds to the pressure. Oh, and with the, and with the dog, of course. So, yeah, you know, that, and that one was like one of the most intense horror movies I saw last year just because of that. And so, you know, as bad as things are, I would hate to be stuck in a hurricane and also occupying a house with a bunch of uh, flesh-eating alligators. Have you guys seen Bug? Uh, no. Yes! Bug is, um, it's Ashley Judd plays a woman who, she's in a hotel room, and um, Michael Shannon plays a dude who, he kind of forces his way into her life, but he convinces her of these conspiracy theories with like, you know, are they robot bugs or whatever? It's been so long, yeah. They end up putting tinfoil all over the place, and where, you know, he basically convinces her that um, that the government is planting these bugs in people, and um, so they don't they don't leave the hotel room. So that's kind of one of those two. It's William Friedkin actually yeah, directed it, so it's it's one of his uh, lesser known you know movies, lesser celebrated, I should say, because people know about it. But it's uh, that's another one of those. But it's still great. I mean, Michael Shannon, you know, can do no wrong. He can almost elevate any. Like I watched Premium Rush the other day, and he was so good in that movie. <laughs> Uh, all I need is just Michael Shannon screaming, and I'm sold on that move on a movie. You know, it's what he's good at. He, he's so good at it. But Bug is is uh, it's been quite a while. I think I haven't seen it since it came out, which was like 2006. Uh, I remember renting it from Best uh, uh, from Blockbuster. But that was that was uh, I remember being really just like there's like parts where they're like scratching themselves. Yeah, that just yeah. makes you itchy and. Uh, <laughs> Because they're convinced these bugs are under their... And I, I don't remember if they're robot bugs or if they're just regular bugs, but they're convinced that there are bugs under their skin. I have to Ooh. add that one to the list now. Thanks for reminding Crazy. me of that. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta see that. It's like one of the... Yeah, it's uh, one of the freaking moves I haven't seen. And we can't uh, let this discussion end without talking about cabin fever. Oh, of course. <laughs> Pancakes! Both cabin fevers. Yeah, there's... <laughs> That's one of the ones that got remade way sooner than it should have, I think. But what about uh, what about Saw? Oh yeah, that definitely counts. It's definitely at least the part we're in there in the room. I mean, they go into other, you know, they 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 kind of flash back and do parallel, you know, cuts and stuff. But the actual parts where Lee Wanell and uh, Carrie Elvis are in the room, that's a. Uh, I mean, they're obviously trapped there. They're handcuffed to the sinks and <laughs> so. still respect for to Lee Winnell and James Wan for creating a very successful franchise based off of one moment in Mad Max. Like that's congratulations to them. That's that's a that's a big feat. 
But yeah, we saw it still really good. That ending still very effective. Oh you, yeah. Spoil. I should. Can we spoil it? Is it dude? Saw is yeah. No, Saw's like twenty no, years old. No, when the body just gets <laughs> up, like it still gets me every time. He just gets up and it's just like, oh fuck, he was alive this whole time. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was awesome. Tobin Bell just stares him down and slams the door. Fuck yeah, dude. How long was had Lee Winnell? Was he being held down as a director by James Wan? Because now that he's directing shit, Upgrade and Invisible Man, that dude's the real deal. So how long has he, James Wan, keep him under his thumb writing when he should have been directing? I'm just starting oh, shit between those two. I don't think. Oh, really I don't think anyone was holding anyone down. I, think, I don't think so no, either. No, they're friends. I think they're probably the best of friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure it, it was like a very mutual thing, and I'm sure uh, Lee was like. Also, you could probably tell he was probably like learning a lot all these years, which is why he was so able to come out of the gate so hard. You know, when and there's probably no one who's happier that Lee Winnell's movies are good than James Wan. Yeah, he's probably stoked for him. Yeah, so kind of like that footage of uh, Keegan Mike and Michael uh, when uh, Jordan Peele won the Oscar, and you just see the look on his face. It's like that is someone who supports his. His boy. Yeah. No, the vertical jump. He's like three feet in the air. He jumps. He's he's next to I think Colin Hanks. The pi- in the picture. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he he could be slam dunking a basketball. He just got so much <laughs> air because he was just so happy for his friend. Yeah, I love that picture. I love uh, that picture. It was such a beautiful moment. Everybody needs to find a best friend who's going to jump for them <laughs> like Keegan Michael Key did with Jordan Peele won best screenplay just find someone who looks at you like that oh I can only hope <laughs> isn't that a meme when it find someone that looks at you like like this I, I remember that being a meme yeah, for a while and then yeah, someone posted the picture from uh, Get Out where it's her looking at him and they're like did you see the movie <laughs> <laughs> find someone that looks at you this way <laughs> All right, uh, what else we got? Let's uh, we're, let's wind down. Do you got any other others before we take off? I mean, we could definitely do a quick uh, flash round because I mean, uh, I feel like people would be upset with us if we didn't at least mention The Shining or Rear Window. Oh my yeah. gosh, True. The Shining! True. How did we? We even talked about cold weather ones, and yeah, yeah The Shining. We slipped our minds. Yeah, and and as far as uh, medical, you know, the James Con thing. Yeah, there's Rear Windows. The same kind of a deal with that. Where he's stuck there. Hitchcock actually did a uh, single set a few times because remember, uh, Lifeboat. And also Rope. And Rope. Rope yeah. was one apartment too. Rope was supposedly one shot, although you can see the seams a lot better than 1917. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. In Rope. <laughs> but I mean, Lifeboat, I will always, I, I love that movie so much. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Especially his little cameo. <laughs> <laughs> his cameo in Rope is awesome too. <laughs> uh, one I was thinking about was uh, Color Out of Space. Because, you know, it, it pretty much just takes place at the farm and it's about the contagion. So yeah, I think that kind of counts. True. I've been seeing a lot of um a lot of parallels to the Twilight Zone. Oh, there are tons of great examples from the Twilight Zone. Well, like we were talking about um Everly, and Everly always reminded me of an episode of the Twilight Zone called uh, the Jeopardy Room, oh, which there's yeah, an assassin yeah. basically locked in a single room. And then um when you were talking about Cube, Cube always reminded me of uh six care is it six characters in six, ca- in six characters in search of an exit. Yeah, in fact, that was yeah. the movie the director cited as inspiring him. 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me because that's what I mean. It's basically, I mean, and you find out at the end. Can I spoil the Twilight Zone? You find out that there are toys being dropped in a donation drum, but you know, you look at them and there's like a ballerina and a soldier and this stuff. So you're like, you know, what's going on here? But the one that I see people comparing this whole thing to most is the monsters are doing Maple Street, and they're they're using it as a warning. They said because basically these people are isolated to their street. Yeah. And everybody's blaming other people. It's like, oh, well, you know what? It, it's like it's like I was saying at the beginning of this uh, of this podcast of this episode. We're all in the same gang here, you know. So, and that's why you know, sh- show a little courtesy, show a little politeness, and that's what they don't do in Monster Do on April on Maple Street. On the monsters are do on Maple Street. They're just saying, no, he's the alien. He's the alien. He's the alien. So, right. Are, but yeah, I think yeah, the Twilight Zone. You could probably there are probably at, at least a dozen others that are this way too. Yeah, we, we're all in this together. Let's let's all stay home, watch some good movies so this can be over sooner so I can get back to work. So a lot of us can get back to work. Most <laughs> of us want to go back to work. I like watching movies, but Jesus, this is, this is, yeah. Uh, I want to go back to work. <laughs> I'm very lucky that I am still able to work from home. So I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, having to draw unemployment or anything like that. But as far as this, you know, working from home and, you know, hanging out with my dog, watching movies, I was built for this. I mean, I'm not a, I'm kind of a social <laughs> yeah. introvert anyway that, you know, I've been training for this. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. yeah. No, I've been trying to stay productive and I've got uh, plenty of writing to do. Although, admittedly, uh, yeah, I've been kind of, it's kind of been hard to find the motivation, but, you know, just got to make most of the, t- uh, of the time. And hey, just remember, listeners, you know, there's going to be those people that are like, if you don't come out of this with a completed script, if you don't come out of this with a new skill, if you don't come out of this, if you don't come out of this with anything like that or a six pack, that's fine. You know what? This, yep. is, this is some weird anxiety inducing times on a, yep. on a global scale like if, if you come out of the other side with just a you know really like a lot of entries in your letterbox that's fine you know uh yep. just just come out on the other side that's all yeah there people cope in different ways some are gonna learn a new language some are gonna write that screenplay others are just going to like you said tick off boxes on their letterbox yeah do what you gotta do to get by yeah you know just come out on the other side that's yeah. all we ask. That's all. That's all we can ask for. <laughs> Very true. Yep. Okay. And with that, let's let's wrap this up. Um, yeah. Our theme song is by Restless Spirit. So go give them a, a shout. And our artwork was by Chris Fisher. And go give him a shout. Uh, where can we find you guys on the social medias, Jacob? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Davison underscore. That is at J A C O B D A V I S O N underscore. And you, Korea? And you can find me at Korean Barbecue. That's C O R R E I A N B B Q on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, also, if you're on Stardust. Uh, I'll I'll start posting more. You'll be seeing me wear the same hoodie. It's my quarantine hoodie. <laughs> kind of haven't really. It's for at home. I don't wear it out in public, but I wear I wear the same hoodie all the time. Yeah. Why why dirty up more clothes? I just thought you were doing all your stardusts on the same day. <laughs> well, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I forget, and then I go, oh shit. What have I watched that I can review? <laughs> and me, uh, James J. Edwards, you can find on Twitter at Cinema Ferite. That's like Verite, but with fear. So it's F-E-A-R-I-T-E. And guess what? I on Horror now has a Twitter account. What? So while you're yeah. following us on Twitter, cruise over to at Ion Horror and give us a follow there too. Uh, and that's just one more 
place where you can find us. Um, you can also find us at the Ion Horror Facebook page, the iHorror Facebook page, or iHorror.com because that's where we all call home. And uh, so, yeah, stay safe and uh, watch your. Hopefully, you've got a little list made of movies that we've reminded you of, or maybe even turned you on to. You know, hey, sympathize with the characters in these movies that can't leave their surroundings either. And uh, and like Korea said, come out the other side, and we'll be waiting for you, and we'll see you. Hey. We don't know when this is going to end, but we're going to keep pumping these out. We'll probably pump them out more regularly. Yeah. <laughs> because life doesn't get in the way when it stops. <laughs> yeah. And just remember, just be thankful you're not my neighbor because for some reason I just keep playing my 12-inch single of Wham's Wham Rap every morning. <laughs> and that's how I, that's where I get my like daily movement on. It's just playing Wham Rap, you know. The lyrics just really speak to me this time, you know. How does Lindsay put up with you? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's I guess I guess I'm I she just finds me entertaining. They, they, yeah. they just got well, I don't know. I, we we do too, but we only have to do with you a couple hours a week. <laughs> she lives with that. Not many dull moments in my house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will see you in a couple weeks. Uh for me, James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror. <laughs> <laughs>